Hello, and welcome to Jam Presents, a podcast series produced by me, Mike Groves, and a good mate of mine, Jason Cripps. The first series of Jam Presents takes us back to July 2001, when Fox ran a one-off TV series called Murder in Small Town X, an American reality TV show that we believe went somewhat unnoticed. This accompanying podcast will break down each episode of Murder in Small Town X as Jason and I follow the journeys of 10 contestants as they attempt to solve the brutal murder of the Flint family and catch the killer. Oh, and at the same time, try to win 250 grand. In the quiet town of Sunrise, Maine, a killer is on the loose. A reward has been offered to 10 ordinary people. been sent to Sunrise to play the killer's twisted game. Welcome to Sunrise. Now, they must enter the mind of a killer and solve the mystery before they are eliminated one by one. Each episode of Murder in Small Town X is available on YouTube, so if you haven't already, go and watch episode 5 now. In this episode, we meet the lighthouse keeper, we go diving for the murder weapon, and we piece together the contents of a shredder. So this is episode 5, mate, we're up to now. In the last episode, we saw Lighter murdered, her crime scene investigated, the burnt man who hung himself at the hotel, and the strip club. Mm -hmm. Didn't think the series would continue to peak after that, but we were in for a a surprise. Yeah, it's just gone to greater heights. Absolutely. This one opens showing all those flashbacks. We're reminded that 11 suspects and six investigators remain as Kristen returns and Stacy is out of the game. The remaining candidates now, so there's only six of them left. So we've got Kristen, the cockroach. I feel bad. I always, I've listened to myself back on a number of occasions and I'm always slating (laughs) Kristen. I think I hate her um, and I don't even know her that well. Well, we'll get to that. I think we'll get to that in this episode. So we've got Kristen, we've got Alan, Katie, Brian, Jeff and Angel. And I've also written down the remaining suspects. So we've got Thibodeau, Lambert, Jimmy Tinker, Mary Elizabeth, Deanna Harris, Reverend Rusty Crandall, I love his name if you haven't picked that up already, General Hayden DeBeck, Sam Larrabee, Prudence Connor, Mayor Bowden and Frank Kovic. That's a lot of suspects Still left now. loads, considering there are only six candidates, so I think it's going to be quite the uh, final episode when they come to it, but we shall see. The, the next thing that we see is a clip back to where Lambert says, you don't interject nothing, and the lads are laughing at the footage again, as Kristen, in a bathrobe, watches on. How old are you? Three, she says. How old are we, three? Maybe. She absolutely hates it. Once again, we see she's being berated by the group because she's, well, in summary, a horrible person. Could this be a setup for something that happens later in the episode, i.e. Kristen goes again? Yeah, so I've got the sort of an open with um, the group of boys just ripping into Kristen straight away. And you can always tell the way it's been produced, the way the producers are leading you down a path. If Kristen features a lot at the start of the episode, you know she's going. Or you know at least she's going down one of her paths at the end of the episode. I think from episode two, or even end of episode one, she's just doomed. Yeah, without a doubt. Gary reminds the group that they have a killer clue from the night before, uh, which came from the lighthouse. Circled on the plaque on that particular memorial in blood was the name Duchamp, which she's clearly been told between finding that killer clue and the next episode because she was calling it Dutch Amps. And the next day... She did. And I think she... I think she... Yeah, she did... 
She said it in this episode as well. I'm sure mm. she did. It just makes me giggle. Gary tells the group that the memorial is called Lost at Sea. There's a lighthouse keeper there who may know more about the Duchamps. This becomes track one. Gary goes on to discuss the puzzle game found at Lighter's house. So the lab results came back. The computer match the fingerprints to Frank Kovic. I mean, it's hardly surprising, is it? The fact that it's got his initials on it and he's been in, in Lighter's house. Yeah. So then meeting Kovic at his boathouse becomes track two. When I was writing my notes, I wrote track three. And then I realised because there are only six people remaining and one of them is a lifeguard, then evidently there are only five people left. You can't have three tracks anymore because yeah. one person can't go it alone. Mentioning that as well about going off alone, I put at the start as I was writing my notes, I really hope that we get to a point where someone does end up alone mid-episode and taken out of the game. Yeah, and, and, th- and this is something we have to discuss further on in the episode because they've had opportunity upon opportunity in the last, what we on, episode five. It's happened too much. And I think, I think call, calling back to one of the first episodes, like I said, I think it happened once, fair enough, given the benefit of the doubt. It happened twice, again, benefit of the doubt. That was the full sense of security. Then surely, surely you just kill, kill one of them off. Well, haven't they thought about it? Is it just like an empty threat at this point? Forget what it means to the dynamic, forget what it means to the storyline, kill someone off because you've broken the rules for the third or fourth time now. You've got to go. I reckon it's been five times. Maybe not once per episode. Maybe one, there's been an episode where it's... Yeah, it has. It's happened a lot. And so far, they've not capitalised on it. I choose Jeff as the lifeguard. Do a good job, buddy. Stacy's last will and testament is shown. She has chosen Jeff as the lifeguard. She says she fought long and hard about it, but she spent the last three days with Jeff. It wasn't really a difficult choice. Angel suggests, though, that Jeff campaigned for the position of lifeguard. Yeah. That actually makes Jeff way more interested. He's playing a game now, then. Angel doesn't seem that happy about that at all. No, he didn't. I mean, it's always a, it always is and was a game. But they were all helping each other in a, in a certain way until it came to the voting um, and stuff like that. Also, I've, I've put, as soon as that happens, I believe the camera points to Kristen and she, just, she knows she's fucked straight away. Yeah, her relationship with Jeff now is the worst of anyone in the group. That's the worst of the bunch, yeah. Now Stacey's gone. Jeff and Kristen are now the uh, argumentative pair. Jeff does, though, deliver a good speech to bring everyone together. He's definitely aiming his comments around not putting up with hassle from other members of the group. That's definitely directed to Kristen. We then fall into the tracks. One is to interview Bradford Harris, who is the lighthouse keeper, about the Duchamp, see what he remembers, see what he knows. So we'll go down that route for now before mentioning track two. Jeff chooses to send Kristen and Angel to the lighthouse. Did you uh, notice, I think it was on the last episode, when it broke to an advert, it was sponsored by Taco Bell. And then immediately in the start of this episode, they're all sat there drinking from Taco Bell cups. I didn't notice, but I love that. That's the first thing I noticed. I was like, what is going on? I think it's, I think it's Angel and Jeff. They're just proper... It's like that um, scene from Wayne's World when they've got Garth in, in Reebok and stuff. It's like, he's just sipping from Taco Bell. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is unreal. On the way to the lighthouse, Kristen and Angel discuss snacks. Kristen soon realises she's grabbed someone else's lunch. Water, food, munchies, clothes. PBJs? Where's the other ones? Girl, you just grabbed someone else's lunch. Shut up. Angel, fair play. Fair play. Rings it in and says, we mixed it up. Doesn't sort of call out Kristen. If that was Jeff or if that was anyone else in the group, they'd have probably said, Kristen has fucked up. But no, Angel rings it in. He's very honourable at that point. He says, look, the group can say that you're not a good investigator or they like, but they shouldn't mistreat you. Well, actually, I don't have any challenges with her being a good investigator. I think she's a brilliant investigator. I, she's one of the best. I, I agree. I best. think she is one of the best. I think actually, 
It's her personality that lets her down. So he's like, oh, they shouldn't be mean to you. They might say you're a crap investigator. No, she might be a good investigator. Like, if she was on your police force, you'd think, yeah, fair play. She's getting results. She's getting results. Yeah, but she would be the person in front of HR more than anyone else. It's not anything about her investigative skills (laughs) that people don't like. It's all about her personality. It was still a heartfelt moment of the show, and it was nice what Angel was saying. He, He was being kind. Thibodeau's dark head accomplice with a blue face suggests they need to be wary of the lighthouse keeper. He's a strange guy coming from a man with a full-on blue face tattoo. <laughs> and then don't judge a book by its cover, but just to say that the lighthouse keeper is a strange guy, it did make me laugh coming from Thibodeau's mate. Lighthouse keeper doesn't know much, but does know everything about those people that have died in the waters out there and have their names on the plaque. I don't know much, but I do know everything about the monument and everyone who's died in the waters out here, who's on it, yeah. Exactly. And how mental is that? How terrible must your existence be if you don't know much in life, but I do know all about the dead people in the sea? <laughs> Although I've just contradicted myself because there's me saying, well, oh, Thibodeau's friend on the boat suggests they need to be wary of the lighthouse keeper. He's a strange guy. And then within a minute, we see him saying something as weird as that. So actually, he's probably right. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, so we find out Duchamp's um, spring of 1941, there was a terrible gale, lost a lot of ships. Duchamp's lost all hands, no wreckage found, and no one rescued. Hold the bus. This is my train of thought. I paused it at this point. I got very excited. The burnt man was picked up on a boat by people who didn't speak English. Duchamp's is a very French-sounding name. I'm starting to see a connection here. I didn't pick that up, but now you're saying it. Correct. So if the Duchamps got lost at sea, no wreckage found, no one rescued. Did they get lost or did they just bugger off? We don't know. But the fact that he got picked up in 1941 after the fire, Mm -hmm. and we know that Founders Day is in April. So if we're saying spring 1941, there's a family called Duchamps on the boat and he got picked up by a foreign speaking family. I think that there's a connection. I think these are the guys that fished the burnt man out of the sea. Angel now says that he wants to continue to work with Kristen because he likes her. Yeah, and I think that shows... I learned a lot about Angel in this episode and a lot about Kristen as well. As Kristen and Angel return to Maine, they see sweepers in the docks, followed by a right kerfuffle on the side of one of the boats. Sweepers in the docks again. Uh, More and more. Every episode, you see way more sweepers. What the fuck? They don't even move. They're like either side of the uh, the dock. And uh, I think obviously we'll get to this. There's a massive commotion. They don't even move their head. They're just looking straight forward. Mm -hmm. One of them is not even barely sweeping. He's not even touching the floor with his brush, I'm sure. What's he doing? He's just waving his brush around. So the commotion that is on the side of one of the boats, Lambert's there, Prudence went over. They realise it's a shark, which happens to blow up like a bomb. This blew my mind for like a few, for a few minutes. I was like, what on earth? That shark has just exploded. What is going on? I've seen harpoons before and things like that. Yeah. It took me ages to understand that they were saying bang stick. And it's no disrespect to their accent or anything like that. But for ages, they were saying Bane stick. And I was Googling Bane stick for ages. I was like, what is a Bane stick? I have never heard of a Bane stick. Absolute props to Kristen here. She finds out from Connor about it. Well, <laughs> she she does. But that even that conversation is one of my highlights as well of this episode. I mean, I'm paraphrasing from my badly written note, but um, I think Kristen says, what is it? And she says it's a bang stick. And then it's, um, it's to... Is to kill a shark, and then she goes, "What's it do?" And then Prudence says, "What kills sharks?" <laughs> no, that's to kill 
a shark with is what it's what for. What is it? It's a bang stick. What does it do? Kills the shark. The next scene, we see Angel and Kristen return back to HQ. Back at HQ, Kristen does suggest that Connor had a way of handling the weapon so casually in that she knew how to use that bang stick. It wasn't just something that she managed to find and learn how to use on the spot. Yep. She's got experience with it. So track one the next day, get a new objective to learn cold water diving and to recover the bang stick. Kristen and Angel are told about the dangers of scuba diving. Uh, if you don't do that, you can rupture an eardrum. You can lose your hearing for the rest of your life. Uh, you can rupture... Uh, the linings of your sinuses, they fill up with blood. What I did think was cool was the fact that this is one of the main activities that they've really had to do in this show. Granted, they've gone to investigate places, uh, talk to people, but this is the first time I think, unless you're going to correct me, that they've actually had to do it, you know, because they could easily say, oh, Angel and Kristen go into the salmon pens and uh, assist with the dive team as they find the bang stick. There was no real reason was there for, for Angel and Kristen to, to physically do it themselves except it was fun I wonder you know yeah I, mean? I wonder whether or not we'll see more of that then now there's fewer people they might say okay you're all going to get a little treat for getting this far so yeah that's what it, that's what it feels like it does feel next you're going to do yeah. some abseiling because you've got to get something off the side of the cliff by the lighthouse or what have you Kristen was told that it was it wasn't safe for her to go under so Angel had to do it Angel being Angel, again, being an angel, I've put Angel being an angel, <laughs> telling her that she's part of a team. So if I get yeah, the bang stick, I, again, yeah, I really, he came out of himself there and I thought, you know what, he's actually, he is genuine. Uh, again, right, what if at this point he goes for the dive and she is killed because she's left alone on the side of the water? I didn't even think of that. It didn't happen. There was another chance where they're split up. All right, only by a few feet. And, I didn't notice that. And night. Some I did water. not notice. I didn't. I didn't take that into consideration at all. Um, and again, just to to recap, I've put. I'm so desperate for one of them to get killed because of the alone rule. Otherwise, what is the point of that rule? Yeah, they're taking a piss now, aren't they? And do you know what? And I, had, I didn't mention this earlier when we were talking about it, but I think I know why the rule exists. What if they don't have the cameramen to be able to follow them round if they split? <gasps> Oh, so they can't just go off on their own. If you go off on your own and you find something out, mate, <laughs> I'm stuck filming with Brian, so if Katie's gone down there on her own, how can I carry yeah. on? She comes back and says, oh, I've just, I've just found the murder yeah. weapon. It's like, oh, no one filmed it, go and hide it again. <laughs> so perhaps that is why they shouldn't be splitting up, and that's the whole point of the rule. Well, when we do our deep dive episode. Deep dive nine. episode, yeah, definitely. Next scene is that we see them dive for the bang stick. Kristen, at this point, thinks Connor or Thibodeau are the killer. I've put, interestingly, Kristen always thinks it's the person that last caused a commotion. The last episode was Lambert because he pissed her off so much that she thought he was the killer. It just... <laughs> Brilliant. Angel's thinking a bit more clearly about it, but, you know, who, who could be the killer? The bang stick is so conveniently caught in a net, which is quite near the surface of the water, which I thought was great. Yep. Kristen then grabs it with her bare hands. I'm not sure what it's like with fingerprints when things have been underwater anyway, but the fact that she just retrieves it with bare hands, I'm like, yeah, okay. So on to track two. Track two is to get Kovic's alibi for Lighter's murder. She was killed at 10.15pm. Where was Frank? Go and see him at his boathouse. So Jeff sends Katie, Brian and Alan. Obviously got to go as a trio because there are only two tracks. They go with X-Ray in the cab to Kovic's boathouse. X-Ray plays, for me, the best part in the whole show because he's a typical cab driver, knows absolutely everybody. 
x-ray just drips some information and that's what cabbies do you could get in a cab and learn all about the town that you've just moved to yeah from a cab yeah. driver because they all just talk to each other and they talk to the the people yeah, that they're giving got, lifts to got such a good script on him yeah um, really really and his knowledge deep. did you pick up what the taxi firm's called no uh, it's called sunrise taxi <laughs> and i'm sure and, and I've, i don't know if i wrote this because it's quite late when i wrote it there's no s on taxi like is that a thing i don't know is it sunrise taxi like it's the only taxi in Sunrise because when even when they go to their um, murder games, it's not like oh X Ray and his his mate brought the other taxi. They they hire <laughs> a minivan, <laughs> but and it also looks like it's literally been painted on, like like spray painted on with a template. It's like can you find the, Can you find me a yellow car and we'll spray paint taxi on top of this? You can't just walk out on everything. I sure can. I'm going back to my parents because I, I don't want to be here anymore. I said that I was sorry, Tate. Sorry doesn't count, Frank. You need a lot more than sorry to make things change. You can't just throw everything away. When they arrive at the boathouse, Kovic and his wife are having a fight. Frank is apologising. His wife is suggesting that, that Kovic's been unfaithful and leaves with the kids. She gets in the car, takes the kids with her. The person Frank supposedly had an affair with was pregnant. And then I've put, hold up, wasn't Sam Larrabee pregnant? Katie confronts Kovic about his alibi. Katie and Frank have a good understanding of each other and that they both want to help one another. I thought that was quite nice, their little, the way in which they, they spoke to one another. They've got a good connection. And that actually allowed Frank to open up. He discloses that he was at the diner talking to Sam that night from 9.30 to 11pm. Fairly good alibi if Sam can corroborate. And I put, what if at this point it's a Kovic slash Sam Larrabee joint job? We did think that there could have been more than one killer. And Sam was always suspicious for us. But again, we'll, we'll talk more about that later. The group questioned whether Frank was standing in the doorway intentionally to prevent them from getting into the boathouse. You know, whether or not the production team said, stand in front, you can't let them in, or whether or not they're just picking up on it, you know, that's where he was stood. But the fact that they didn't go into the boathouse was interesting. Yeah. So they might end up going into that in a track in the next couple of episodes. And on the way back, so that's it really, at the boathouse at the beach, but on the way back, X-Ray is prying for information and asks the group if Kovic is a suspect. Is, are you suspecting Frank? No, he just got a little bit upset at the at the uh, party the other night and said some things to Lambert. And we just wanted to find wanted to find out if he meant anything by them or. Fair play. They're very quick to say no. It's just in connection with the party the other night. They don't give anything away. But again, that's X-ray being a typical cab driver asking about. Oh, you've been investigating. Tell me what's going on. They then start getting chased down the road by a truck. A great scene. They they always have some standout moments, and this for me was was it. What's wrong with you, man? So the truck either had no brakes or intentionally out there to ram them off the road. Uh, as soon as it stops, Thibodeau gets out and you realise that it was trying to uh, to get their attention. He gives X-Ray a lot of verbal abuse and then tells the group that he wants one of them to meet him tonight at the Salmon Pens. I, lo I love Thibodeau. I think he's brilliant. As a character, I absolutely love him. He's absolute head. He's an absolute head case. He was number one suspect from like episode one for you know, obvious reasons. Later on, he's definitely not not the murderer in my opinion. But we'll get to that. But I do find it funny how Tibbo's trying to break him up. Another opportunity. He's saying one of you come down and meet me. And I put, I really hope at this point that one person, that one person gets bumped off, and then yeah. But also, it's hard then because. It's blatantly Thibodeau. That's a very good point. Alan does something really weird at this point, and I'm going to cut the audio in because he points at his finger. I've got this as well. Yeah. And I've got that he says Simpavart or something like that. What the hell does he say? Oh, I've got Simplify. Ooh. And I've got Alan and Tib, question mark. Simplify? He gave Simplify any other time he talked to me. And because he says, oh, 
when I met him last time, he said that to me, or or something along those lines. We'll have to re-listen, but it's simplify. I listened to it several times. I couldn't get simplify, but I got sim simplify, simplify. Like what? What are you saying? And then as soon as Alan says I'll go, I think oh geez, there's me wishing that the next person to go alone gets bumped off, and then Alan suggests it's going to be him. I mean, Alan, he's a smart guy. He's living it. We've said this before. He's living it. He knows the rules. Mm. I'm sure he's been alone like three times mm. at this point. He has. He's been he's been alone with Prudence. He's been alone with Thibodeau twice now. Alan goes it alone. He's still oozing with confidence. Uh, they once again play the overlay of Gary's message. Remember, if you are alone, you are at risk from the killer. Gary, the lead investigator, is Force Ghost, letting the audience know that Alan should not be alone. <laughs> so Alan goes out on the boat. We see when he gets there, Thibodeau fighting with Connor, who doesn't want him talking with Alan Connor steals the bang stick and throws it into the water and that is why they go down that track so this is the bit that I missed out earlier because this yes. is part of track two in track one the reason they go looking for that bang stick is because Connor throws it into the water but Alan hasn't seen it has he he's never seen that he's never seen that stick it, along that track so this is the first time but thankfully we see Alan return to HQ straight after we now know that that is 100% the murder weapon without a doubt Yes. That's the murder weapon, even though we find more out about it later on. Clever. At this it's point, very clever you think, well. hang on a minute, bang stick, really, really clever. Uh, Thibodeau is extremely jealous of how Connor has been around Jimmy Tinker. Perhaps she's helping Jimmy Tinker in some way then, because Jimmy's suspicious himself. He smashed up the car, he went into the house when there was blood there and said, I didn't call the police, I just ran away, took the car with me, etc. And now Thibodeau is dropping that Connor has been getting close with Jimmy. The next day, Gary does, in fairness to Gary, he does call out that what Alan did was risky by going alone. But we did witness the argument and the weapon getting tossed, so it's good that he went there. Track two are informed by Gary that they pulled the records of Lighter's phone from the house of the night of the murder. Records indicate the cause at 11.15pm to Reverend Rusty Crandall. This is an hour after the voicemail had been left of the murder. Did the Reverend deliberately change the timestamp? So Gary then rings... Reverend Rusty Crandall, and I've not mentioned that, but I've got a bit of a Rusty Crandall at the moment. <laughs> Gary rings Reverend Rusty Crandall for track two to find out more, and Mary Elizabeth picks up. She is seen in a towel. She confirms at the time on the on the phone is 1.08pm, which is an hour behind. Therefore, Kovic leaving the diner at 11.15pm, he could have easily been there. So previously his alibi held up, but now it doesn't. Mary Elizabeth in a towel. Well, this is it. Reverend's house. Yeah, she's obviously she is the the bait in this whole this whole series, isn't she? Yeah, you know. But they don't know that she's on the phone. They don't know that, do they? We do as the audience. They just know she's there. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's no one really questions that and their relationship unless that's going to come into it. What is their relationship? Although they did mention before that Mary Elizabeth was picking up where Abby Flint left off. That like, Abby yeah. Flint used to do a lot for the church and whatnot. But at this, at this point, Mary Elizabeth seems to be everywhere. Yeah, but also Reverend Rusty Crandall. In the last episode, was planning a casino night at a strip club, and now he's got Mary Elizabeth at his house in a towel. What is going on? So it's time to join the church. <laughs> what I've put though, as well, is Gary doesn't know, does he? He doesn't know. No. I mean, what, how 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 in far in advance does Gary know anything? Does he not know the killer, but he knows the way that the whole series episode is going to like fall out? When he's phoning, does he know that she's going to pick up? Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Because obviously he's the one who says about the time, doesn't he? Yep. So he's like, well, we're just phone now. Yep. Then he, he said, I don't know. So it's a strange one, isn't it? So at that point, it's Kovic's alibi doesn't hold up, but you still need to corroborate the timeline with 
Sam Larrabee. So the group go to Sam Larrabee's diner and Katie explains that she hates asking for alibis. She does really well there. Again, Katie is quite the negotiator. She calms things down with Frank and gets Frank mm-hmm. to talk. And now she's talking to Sam and saying, look, I really don't like doing this because it makes you fi- make you seem guilty. We've just got to go down this line of inquiry. Yeah, Sam, 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 I don't know. I've got a bad feeling about Sam. So she confirms that she was at the diner. Frank turns up and Brian does well to try and distract oh, him. I'll put my notes. Fuck off, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> Brian being a hero. Because Brian clocks it straight away and he's like, right, Frank, you're coming with me. He's like, you're not getting involved here. Like, leave Katie to it. And he sort of sacrifices himself. Yeah, he does. And goes with Frank, doesn't he? So, and again, again, I mean, I know this is maybe not as um, not as bad as maybe Alan going to see Tib. I mean, a short, shorthand Thibodeau at the Salmon Pens. But this Brian on his own again. Yeah, but this was by, by choice this time in terms of I'm going to help True. the group rather than it being set up by the, by the production. Yeah. Frank confirms that he wasn't honest the other night. He was at Lyra's house the night she was killed. Yeah, so Kate, which is Frank's wife that we only just met in this episode, has told Lyra about... Frank and Sam's affair. So Frank went to confront Lighter, but he said that she took it all in and actually um, welcomed him into his into her home. So yeah. So Frank claims that he went to Lighter's house at nine p.m. He didn't know his intentions, but he just sat with her to chat. Yeah, it all seems a bit flimsy to me. At this point, though, it does explain the puzzle piece. The puzzle piece would be there if he'd been there at nine o'clock and taken if his jacket off or anything like that. Then that's why it's there, and he doesn't know at the moment that the puzzle piece is. A, clue or anything like that i don't think does he sam says frank is a good guy but wouldn't do this and does confirm that she is indeed having frank's baby frank shows brian that he's been doing some digging and that someone at the bank told him flint had an offshore account in the cayman islands was nate dumping and hiding money is the second part of evidence from frank's banker friend in the basement of nate's house that's what we next need to find out and there are even more sweepers these sweepers are absolutely everywhere They go round to the Flint house. The basement is no longer flooded and there's a black bag in the corner of the basement with shredded documents. Piecing those pieces of paper back together. Sod that, mate. But... No, and I think they, they do find a bit of a hack later credit on, Credit to Brian because he picks up on the fact that the thicker paper of that particular front sheet would be thicker in the shredded material as well. Fair play. And they, they go on to show that Alan is apparently really useless at piecing it all together. Yeah. They're like, you looked in this bar, mate. That's typical. I think that's typical. Yeah, and that's fair enough. <laughs> they figure out that Flint had $250,000 to put in uh, put into offshore accounts, 10 grand at a time, then withdrew a lot the day before his murder. Back at HQ, Gary reviews the bank statements and says that so all the payments were like 9,990 something dollars. By keeping them under 10 grand, it meant that he didn't get seen or they, they, the, the payments didn't get seen by the IRS. Katie said he's getting the money from Enhanced Power. Frank is still high up on the suspect list according to the Track 2 team. Track 1 did a great job in recovering the stick. The test shot on a melon, that is amazing. I really, really like that, where they explode the melon with the with the bang stick. And the casings at the scenes match to the bang stick. I don't really get it. They say that they can't match it to the original, but it does match. It is a match. Is it that that does fire those calibre bullets, but they can't quite match it? Yeah, so it's definitely a bang stick, but it's potentially not that one. The group found the red and black envelopes in the phone booth on the way from Drew, Drew's club. I like that. Because the phone rang. Does this mean that they socialised then? So that... They were coming from Drew's club. Does that mean that they were coming back from the club because they were on a night that's, out? That's, that's what I thought. They didn't ever show that, did it? So they've obviously 
do they live like I don't know? Is that is that after hours? Yeah, go go and have your last drink because one of you's going tonight. So uh, go and have your last meal out or something together. So the next scene um, is the killer question: How many sweepers were at the pier? Now I thought I thought to myself. I mean, obviously we we weren't there. <laughs> we weren't there. We didn't see much of the scene. I think personally, I wouldn't have a clue. Because we did see how many people were wrestling that shark. How many people were wrestling that shark, Mike? I don't know, six, five. Exa- no, exactly, but you saw that, didn't you? Yeah, saw so it, yeah. F- so, so for the fact that this is such a weird question. Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as they asked that question, I, I, I'm in like, my no. head... I'm like, went, no way. I went ten. That's my number. Ten, ten yeah. is my number. I went and like eight or something like that, eight or nine. Kristen suggests twelve, and I thought, all right, I thought ten, that's a pretty good guess. And then, mm-hmm. bam, she's... Cr- amazing. Yeah. That was amazing. Because I've, I've literally put... How many sweepers? They are fuck. Correct. Wow. Very good work. Very good work. It's Deanna. What did we say in the last episode? Deanna Harris is going to be cleared next. What part does she play in this? She is an extra person to clear. Yeah. It just prolongs the fact that at the end there'll be a set amount of potential suspects. And once again, they're using a much better pen to cross her face off the board. Yeah, big pen. <laughs> Playing the killer's game is actually got really tense now because only five people are up for elimination as Jeff obviously as the lifeguard mm-hmm. can't go himself. Kristen chooses Brian. Brian chooses Kristen. Alan chooses Brian. Katie chooses Kristen. Meaning yeah. it all comes down to Angel. Now, we know that Angel isn't going to be choosing Kristen because of how it's unfolded in the episode. But if he'd have chosen anyone else, it would have gone to a tiebreak. And I wonder what would have happened. I wonder how they do a tiebreak, yeah. Also, I think we've seen this from, I think, episode two. If you take that control away from the lifeguard, how interesting that would have been. Because we know as soon as Jeff was lifeguard, Kristen's going. We yep. knew that. Yeah. Right? So if they all pick if Angel's pick uh, Kristen, then who would have gone? Yeah. Who would who would Jeff who, have picked, basically? Who would Jeff would have picked? Yeah. I think he would pick Katie. Mm. I think he would Ah, because Katie. Jeff's sexist. We found that out in episode two. Basically, yeah. So with Angel choosing Brian, it means that Brian is going three votes to two. Um, he's yeah. going to one location. That shocked him a bit. It, it did. And Jeff gets to choose, obviously, chosen Kristen. Yeah. I think everything deals with a lot of karma in life. And what comes around goes around. So my decision for... Tonight is Kristen. His speech of what goes around comes around, bit unnecessary, but he, yeah, you know, liked that. to I rub said, it in. I said, Jeff's a bit of a cock. And I put surely that. not four times for Kristen. And Jeff was a bit of a cock, to be honest, at that point. Did you, I also, Angel gives um, Kristen a, a, a nice handshake. Oh, fair like, play. Quite a nice handshake. Brian then heads to Kingfisher Aquaculture. Kristen heads to Thibodeau's cabin. With x-ray. When they got this these allocations I did think like if you if you get murdered at Thibodeau's cabin then it's pointing to Thibodeau I mean it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's just massive connotations no you're that, right you're right isn't it so I'm thinking straight away I'm thinking she's safe she's safe they're not going to kill her and it's like saying oh go around Mike's house you might die <laughs> well then who's the murderer <laughs> like it narrows it down Kristen is so cocksure of herself and she's horrible to Jeff again Blueface the chap that knows Thibodeau we don't we don't have a name no Mo. His name's Mo. His name's Mo? Yeah. I didn't pick that up. Blimey. Yeah, I, I don't know where I've picked that up, but I've said, Brian is... Kristen was X-Ray. Yeah. Brian is with Mo. Is that tattoo real? Again, grey, green, grainy footage. Kristen enters a murder scene. Amazing. There's a body on the floor, and she gets 
absolutely yeah. terrified because the body exactly. stands up. Oh, my brilliant. God. It's brilliant. With that happening, that's curtains for Brian, isn't it? So Brian is killed. Kristen finds it's Thibodeau on the floor and has to help him. Once again, she's carrying a carrier bag. Why does she carry that every time? Well, no, is, is that got the, the big X in it? Is that got the yes, big clue in it? Because we said it's a wedding dress before. If it's yeah. not, it's the flowers. It's the big um, main... The lupins or whatever they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeff's face when Kristen returns is an absolute picture. Made, Brilliant. made it. Unbelievable. He is so shocked. I, th- I think Angel's quite, quite pleased to have her back. I think he's learned a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The 16mm film, Bandit Thibodeau's, was obviously placed there by the killer as the next clue or what have you. The burnt man explains that he murdered Oscar Blodgett. Yes. So the boat wreck that we saw, and we always Mm. thought that it was De Beck because of Lighter's thoughts, it actually turns out that the burnt man murdered Oscar Blodgett. I'm calling it an accident, but it wasn't. I murdered Oscar Blodgett. Ten suspects now remain. Five investigators remain. And three episodes. And three episodes. Who do you think the killer is? I'm sticking with last week's, I'm going to say Sam. Sam Larrabee. Yeah, because I'm thinking, now you're saying like the Duchamps thing um, and being French and all this sort of stuff. I think someone's changed their name or something. It's going to be like that. It's going to be a relative. It's all going around this boat. It's all about this boat crashing it. Well, in which case, I'd pose something to you. Frank Kovic didn't know his family. Yeah, I said that last episode, didn't mm. I? He went down last week. I, I was like, Frank, no way. And now actually... But then Prudence Prudence and Frank. Pr- Prudence and Frank are working together. That's my current thought. Or Frank found out that Prudence did it because Prudence in the photographs linked to Nate Flint and all that sort of thing. Frank yeah. learned how she'd done it and then he went and used the bang stick on Lighter when he found out that she told his wife about the uh, about the affair. Maybe, yeah. Five investigators left. Who's going to win it? You don't even Alan. Kristen. In my heart of hearts, I want Alan to win it. Mm-hmm. But Kristen has just come back far too many times now. I know, but I think, I think she's also an easy target where Angel is... Like, people like Angel isn't going to vote for Alan. He's going to vote for... Like, he'll vote for Kristen. He didn't this time, but he will. Like, as it windles down, he will. Mm, maybe. Have to. Who, who's going to go next, next week? Or who's going to be the lifeguard? So... Who gets to choose the lifeguard? Who died again? It was Brian. Brian. Brian died. Brian so died. He's going to choose Katie. Yeah, I think he will. Brian think. might choose Katie. He might, which means right. So I think Brian will choose Katie, like you say, and I think I'm going to say this again. Kristen's going. Yeah, she she might be voted by Katie, and the group might vote Kristen. Either the group or or the lifeguard will vote Kristen. That tends to happen. Mm-hmm. Could she survive a fifth time? And she's done it four on the bounce now, no. mate. Uh, no, just odds. I'm going with the odds this time. I know, but... No, I know. You're right. You're right. Next week's suspect being... Cleared. Yeah. So the cleared suspects. Well, it's got to be Thibodeau. Surely it's got to be Thibodeau. The fact that now Thibodeau was there at the time when... Unless it's slightly Mm. different timelines, but the way it's filmed is that it's happening currently. Brian was killed and Thibodeau was there. Yeah, I think an easy one to clear now would be the mayor. The mayor mayor might have done it, mate. I dreamt about it the other night. (laughs) <laughs> no, but he's, he's not. He's not in it enough now. We're not invested. It True. needs to be someone we're quite invested in. And you think every one of those we're invested in, Lambert, Jimmy, oh, or De Beck. De Beck could Elizabeth. be also in the clear. To be fair, but then there's too much of those sweepers going on. True. Oh well. If you've made it this far, thanks for listening. Come and tell us what you think. We're at Presents Jam on Twitter. Join us next time where we join a cult 
witness a massive explosion and spy on Jimmy and Connor. 